Hey everybody, welcome to the Active Churches Podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message from one of our teaching pastors here at Active Churches. We are online and we are also in person, so we'd love to have you gather with us 9 a.m. and 1045 here at our Yukaipa location or online on YouTube or Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into our message. Hey everybody, my name is Joe and I'm a part of Active Church and we believe in telling better stories in every single season. Because of your generosity over this past 2020, we've been able to tell some incredible stories by partnering with organizations that are changing the world and help families who are in need. And this Christmas, we decided to tell three over the top stories and give people the gift of Christmas. Thank you for your generosity, but come with me as we tell these stories together. My name is Shauna and I'm on the team here and today we have the opportunity to surprise my friend Tina. Hi, my name is James and I'm on the team here and today I get the incredible opportunity of telling you about my friend Joe Quintana. Hi, my name is Jessica and I'm part of the team. Today we have the opportunity to surprise our friend Isaac. What are you guys up to? Well, I'm glad uh, everybody's here. Do you know what we're doing? No, what are you doing? Oh, uh, well, Shauna, why don't you tell them what we're up to right now? Let's go. How you doing, bro? How you doing? What are you, what are you up to, dude? What are you doing out here? What, what are you doing out here with James? Huh? Yeah, what do you think we're doing out here? Uh, recording. Yeah, well, dude, you got it. James, actually, you want to tell them what, why we're out here? Yeah, bro, would you come step out? Ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Hey, what's up, family? How you guys doing? Oh, I'm so sorry. What were you up to, man? Were you, we were just filming. What, what were you filming for? Oh, what were you doing right now? What's going on? Uh, what? Oh, <laughs> am I being punked? Oh, y'all punking me? <laughs> Actually, um, Jess, why don't you tell them what we're up to right now? Tina serves at Guest Central on our First Impressions team, and she's also a part of our Rooted team. And I can't tell you the impact she has had on so many lives here. But this year has been really rough, and Tina's experienced great loss and deep heartache but still continues to bring that joy and share the love of Jesus with everyone here at Active and beyond. Joe is an incredible musician. He's got a heart for people and he's got a heart for Active Church. Joe has served here so faithfully for the last three years as part of our Sunday morning worship experience. Joe brings this level of excellence and love to everything that he does. And I'm just so honored to have him as part of our team. This past year, as many have faced, He's gone through some huge obstacles. As a professional musician, he's had to pick up different gigs and opportunities, and it's just been really scarce out there to make ends meet. Isaac just recently had to move into a new place, and he takes care of his mom as well, so he had to figure things out very quickly, and it's been a little stressful. This Christmas wasn't gonna look like something he maybe had pictured. I know these past few months, this past year, has been just a crazy year for everybody. Sure. And you're an amazing drummer and a professional musician, and so I know this whole thing, like this whole 
pandemic has hit you really hard. And so our church just loves you. And we wanted to come up with a way to just say thank you and to love on you uh, during this Christmas season. And so um, Joe has something for you. Actually, uh, I'm gonna let you give it to him, okay. but it's something uh, from behalf of Active Church to you because we love you so much, man. Joe, this is no strings attached. This is a thousand dollars because we love you and our church just wants to support you and love on you in this way, man. So that's for you, bro. Brother. I'm gonna put this on so I dude, give you a hug. Dude. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. I love you, dude. Thank you, Active Church wouldn't be Active Church without you. Uh, the level of excellence you bring and the level of love you bring to our musicians, it's, it's beyond words. And from my, one of my first days working here and you being around, dude, you've always made me feel welcome here, too. We know that it's been a struggle and that there have been times where you were scared and you didn't know how things were going to happen. Um, you didn't even know if you can make it to next month. Um, we just want you to know that, that you're seen by us and that we love you um, and your story matters to us. So for this Christmas on behalf of Active and behalf of the church, because we love you so much, uh, we actually want to give you this, but I'm going to let Jess hand it to you. This is all for you. Um, like I said, we love you. and. We're doing this because you matter to us and your story is seen and known and heard by so many. So here's a thousand dollars for you, Isaac. No strings attached. Thank you guys. Um, I'm, re I'm really grateful for you guys. Just being here, not just for me, but, but being here with me. We just want you to know how much we love you. And we know the last couple months have been really hard, but you bring so much joy to this team. Absolutely. And you, the time that you take to make someone feel noticed and to make someone feel known at Guest Central, it's amazing. And we are so thankful for you and what you bring to this team that we just wanted to surprise you. And as well as surprise you, uh, from behalf of Active Church, we want to celebrate you and say thank you. <laughs> With a thousand dollars for this Christmas. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you. you. And your family. <laughs> and now she gets her shoes and gets his fun special Christmas. I'm too. so not cute right now. <laughs> this will help with the house. Um, you know, God's been really faithful through it all. It's been really hard as far as loss. I've been looking for a house. Um, just realized I was $600 short in getting a house. So this is help so much. Active Church, thank you so much for your generosity. Your generosity really is changing the world. It's rearranging people's reality. The way that you give, the way that you love, the way that you serve, it's telling better stories. And I cannot wait to see what we do in 2021 together. And you can partner with us in giving by one of two ways, on activechurches.com and just click the give button, or you can text the amount to the number on the screen. Both are safe and secure ways to give. Thank you for giving with us and let's tell some better stories. Right now, we're gonna hear from our lead pastor, Mike, and I cannot wait to see what he has to share with us. But before we begin, we join me in a word of prayer. Father, today we come to you with excitement because you have done something in this world that has changed everything. Today we see that. Today we acknowledge it. 
And today we remember that better stories are always on the horizon. Give us hope, give us a future, and give us better stories to tell. And we all lift this up in your son's holy name and all God's people say, amen.
Merry Christmas, everybody. My name is Mike. I serve as the lead pastor here at Active Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining us. Whether you're watching or listening, whether it's your first time or you've been with us a very long time, thanks for making time to be a part of the Christmas story that God is writing here at Active Church. Man, this season is my favorite time of year for many reasons, but the number one reason is because Christmas represents something that we all need. It represents hope. Christmas is God's announcement that hope is here. And that hope is real and that hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And boy, do we need hope, not just in this season and not just in this year, but in every season and in every year. And the hope that we find that was born at Christmas time in the person and work of Jesus is a hope that we can be confident in, a hope that allows us to be courageous, a hope that helps us to make sense of things that at first don't make sense, a hope that leads us home. And that's what I want to hold in my heart, and I want to invite you to hold in your heart, because hope is good. In fact, when the Christmas story was first announced, that first Christmas night, it was announced by angels to shepherds in the field as good news of great joy for all people. And if you know the context, you know the story, and if you know the history of that time, you would know that they were dealing with a lot of what we were dealing in our time. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of suffering, there was a lot of grief, and there was a lot of death. And so to have an announcement that good news of great joy for all people, have that come to you at Christmas time, to have that come to you in that time was so exciting to them. It was so hopeful to them. They knew that something good was coming. And that's what hope does. Hope invites you into the better story. Now, What's happening in our time is similar to their time. They probably wrestled with their relationships and they wrestled with their friendships. And the thing that they would look back on, like we would look back on is, so was I kind and was I joyful and was I hopeful this last year? And the reason why that question is so important is because when an announcement of good news of great joy for all people come, sometimes we can actually just give that to Christmas and give that the title at Christmas instead of really seeing it as the truth of Christmas. I mean, if we look back at, at this year, we have to really wrestle with the reality of, were we good news of great joy for all people? Just like they had to wrestle with that reality. And the reason why we got to wrestle with it is because I know that there are some of us and some that we're connected to, that when they hear the Christmas story, they don't feel like it's good news of great joy for all people because of the people who hold the good news and how they've treated them or how they've spoken to them. And it causes us to ask a really important question, like what happened? Why do some people not see it as good news when it was announced at first as good news? And the truth is we happened, didn't we? And I think what happens for us is that when we take this good news, we personalize it. And there's nothing wrong with that because the work of God is personal. He changes us. He allows us to pray and have conversation with him. He allows us to understand the scriptures. He allows us to tell better stories in our behavior, in our thinking. But I think the thing that we miss is that when God does a personal work in us, it influences what we do relationally. Like this work of God, this good news is personal, but it also shapes our relationships. And if you and I are holding the good news in our heart, if you and I are trusting and following Jesus, then the people around us are going to know that that's the case, that that's what's happening inside of us. Listen, if you hold the good news, but you have dismissed the you beside you, then I would question if you know the good news, because that's not the story of Jesus. 
And that's not the story of Christmas. That's not the good news of great joy for all people. And so in our time together, what I would love for us to do is just wrestle through a really, really painful question. Am I good news? Am I good news in the way that I live? Not just that this thing is taking place inside of me, but has it changed what's happening around me? Because if God is at work in you, it will influence those around you. Am I good news? Are, are you good news of great joy for all people? Are you good news for those that like you and for those that you like and are like you? And are you good news for those that aren't like you and that you're learning to like? This is the tension that we have to wrestle with. This is the question that Jesus brings up to you and to me. He couldn't have been more clear about what it means to trust in him and to know the good news that he brings that started at Christmas time. He said, and Matthew, who followed him, wrote these words down, and he said these words, you and I are the light of the world because the light has come, and his name is Jesus. And because of that, when we trust in him, we're the light of the world. And he invites us to let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. According to Jesus, there's a connection between your good deeds and your good Father in heaven. That when someone experiences the goodness that you actually show in the way that you treat someone or speak to someone, that they actually can tie it back to a good God and the good news of great joy for all people at Christmas time. This actually is why the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, is so powerful in amongst all of the reasons. But the thing that I really love about Mary is that she actually fell in love with Jesus, not just because he was her son, but because he was the son of God. Luke actually writes about the moment where things started to click for her. He writes these words that Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. After everything that she had been through, she decided to hold hope in her heart, to hold it close. She recognized that something extraordinary was taking place. And I have to think that maybe she thought back to everything that she's been through. Like that moment when the angel Gabriel showed up and told her that she is highly favored and God has selected her to be the mother of the Son of God. And the reason why he selected her is because she was a virgin. She hadn't been with a man. And the reason why God wanted her to be the mom is he didn't want anyone to take credit of this good news of great joy for all people. It wasn't going to be Jesus, the son of Joseph, or Jesus, the son of Mary. It was going to be Jesus, the son of God who has come, Emmanuel, God with us. And Mary treasured this in her heart. And then I have to think that she probably thought about having to tell Joseph that she is pregnant. And then she learns that Joseph actually spoke with the angel Gabriel and he gave her and him a heads up. And then they get married. And then in that time, they have to travel to Bethlehem, back to Joseph's hometown to be counted for a census. And for three to five days, over 120 miles, she has to ride a donkey. And I'm sure that she held that in her heart, pondered those things. And then when they arrive, they're told that there is no room for them to stay, that they actually can stay in the stable with the animals. And in that stable was a water trough that they would use to hold the newborn baby. And Mary pondered this in her heart. And amongst all of that, there's this decree that King Herod makes, the king of that region, that area. And he had heard about this king that was going to be born. And he was threatened by it. 
a king that was going to have a kingdom that would last forever, and Herod didn't want that. And so he made a decree. He sent out his soldiers to eliminate, to kill all of the young men ages two to birth because he didn't want his throne to be taken from him. And Mary had to live with that for the rest of her life. God protected her child, but did not protect the children around her. And she had to ponder that in her heart. And then the birth of Jesus, the most miraculous moment where she gave birth to the Son of God, the one who would save us, the one who would save you, the one who would save me, the one who would save Mary. And then shepherds show up. She didn't know they were coming. They weren't invited, but they were told and they knelt down and they worshiped this baby and Mary pondered that in her heart. And then later on, some wise men show up with gifts that you would give to a king. And Mary pondered that in her heart. She knew that something extraordinary was happening. This was good news of great joy for all people that would change you and change me. And Mary knew it would change her and it would change the world. And this story is so extraordinary, so fantastic, so powerful that we want to take it serious because life change can come and better stories can come because of this story. That's why we're wrestling with that question. Am I good news? And so I don't want us to just sit on it and think about it ourselves and come up with our own opinions. I want us to discover what those first Christians wrestled with because they asked themselves that same question. Am I good news? One of those first Christians was Paul. And he wrote a letter to men and women like you that were wrestling with this question. And he actually came up with some really great answers of what the good news actually looks like and sounds like in life and in action. What I want to do is I want to share with you what he said. And then I want to talk about what it means for us today at Christmas. And so if you have a Bible with you or the Bible app near you, would you turn to the letter of Philippians? And we'll be in chapter two and we'll start in verse one. And if you're watching this, the verses will be on the screen. Paul opens up this letter with this assumption that God has been good to those who have trusted in Jesus. And it's not really an assumption. It's actually fact because we know that God has been good because he sent Jesus. And he's writing and he's asking these questions. If God has been good to you because of Jesus, if you've received forgiveness and life and freedom Then he invites us to do something. He says in verse two, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Understand that the work of God is something that's personal and then it overflows outside of you into your relationships. And then he gets very specific about what that overflow looks like. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. His invitation is to, is to you and to me to live a life that is so good that when people interact with you, they will know that there is good news somewhere and that good news comes from a good God and his name is Jesus. And then he says, here's how I want you to see your relationships with those around you. He invites us to have an attitude that is the same as the one who saved us, Jesus Christ. And then he says, here's what Jesus did. He was in the very nature God, but he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped or held onto. See, Jesus came to us, but he didn't come and power up. When Jesus came to us, he came to introduce something new to us. He is the king whose kingdom will last forever. And instead of coming in all sorts of power, he came in humility. He 
stepped down into our time. And he put skin on and became like you and became like me. He didn't flex on the reality that he was God. He came to serve those who he knew would serve him. He came to bring good news of great joy for all people. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen in our world if our leaders decided to model their leadership style after Jesus? Can you imagine what would happen if our leaders decided to not power up, but to step down and to serve in all humility? Now, what you and I don't have control over is what our leaders do, but we do have control over what we do and how we lead. And so can you imagine what your family and your friendships and your relationships would look like if you decided to power down, to step down, and to serve in all humility, not to flex on the things that you have, but to use the things that you have to serve those around you. This is the invitation that Paul is giving these first readers and for us. This is what Paul says good news of great joy for all people looks like in action. And then he says, here's how far Jesus took this idea of stepping down and powering down. He made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Because the birth had a purpose. It was to lead Jesus to the reason why he came, to forgive the world of its sin, the way that they have missed the mark, the way that you and I have missed the mark, the way that we have violated our own standards. That's why Jesus came. And what's so ironic about this moment is that this is the moment when God was most glorified, but it would have been a moment where we would have been most horrified because Jesus would hang on a cross and would be tortured and would take his last breath. But this is the way that Jesus chose to announce his love for you and for me and for the world, a way that could not be missed, a way that people couldn't dismiss what he was doing. He came to announce how he feels about you and how he feels about me and how he feels about the world. And it began when he chose to come to earth as a baby. Good news of great joy for all people. And then Paul, to these first readers, he invites them to do something with this good news. He says, work out this salvation with fear and with trembling. And the reason why is because God is working in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. According to Paul, this kingdom that we are a part of, the kingdom of God, is a kingdom where the heart rules because God rules the heart. God is leading us. We give him our heart. That's why we hold hope in our heart. We are confident in, who, confident in who he is, and we are courageous because of that. And we allow the work of God that's personal in us to influence what we do in our relationships. It's why Mary, after all that she had been through, it's why she stored up all of these things and pondered them in her heart because she knew that this gospel, this good news of great joy for all people, this son that she had, the son of God, Jesus, that he had come to change things and that this story isn't just going to be about us, but it's going to be about what God does in us and through us. Because of that, Paul invites these first readers to do everything without complaining or arguing. Man, it's so easy to complain or argue, isn't it? 
It's so easy, especially in this year, to complain and argue about everything. But complaining and arguing doesn't represent the good news at all. It's not even a part of the good news. You know what it is? Being flexible and agile. That's a part of the good news. That's godly. And Paul understands that and invites this first audience to do that. He says, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God in which you shine like stars in the universe. You live a life of good news and it announces to the world around you that there is good news, not just for the best of us, but for the rest of us too. It's good news of great joy for all people. Friend, it's what you have been invited into. It's what you are celebrating at Christmas. It's the story of Jesus. It's the story of hope and that it's here and that it's real and that it has a name. His name is Jesus. And I would invite you to know that hope, to give your life to that hope, to trust in that hope because it brings good news to you and it brings good news to those around you. This is how Paul concludes his letter. Shine like stars in the universe. You are the light of the world because the light has come. And so I told you at the beginning that I would share with you what Paul invites these first men and women to do. What good news of great joy for all people looks like. And I think there's some takeaways for us in our world at Christmas time this year. And I want to give you four things. I want to suggest four things. You can do all four. You can do one of the four. You can do none of the four. But I want to invite you to consider what good news of great joy for all people looks like in your world for the world. And so may I suggest these four things. First, I want to invite you, if you want to be good news of great joy for all people, I want to invite you to apologize immediately. To apologize immediately to own it, to own your slice of the relationship pie. It might mean that your slice is really small and theirs is really big, but I want to invite you, if you want to be good news of great joy for all people, if you want the personal work of God to influence your relationships, I want to invite you to apologize immediately because, listen, arrogance never wins. In fact, being arrogant and being a Christian is an oxymoron. It doesn't go together. It doesn't work. And when you apologize, when you confess that you have done someone wrong, you are inviting them into a moment of healing. And you are stepping into a moment of healing too. That is when good news of great joy for all people takes place, when you apologize immediately. And may I suggest that if you want to be good news of great joy for all people, may I suggest that you forgive quickly. That you forgive quickly. And the reason why we forgive is because we have been forgiven by God through Jesus on the cross. And when you forgive, you are not excusing what they've done. When you forgive, you're not removing boundaries that you've put up. When you forgive, you're not allowing them close and you just immediately trust them again. But when you forgive, here's what you're saying. I'm not going to allow what was done to me in my past to determine my present and my future anymore. There's one theologian that says that when you hold forgiveness, it's like taking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. 
I'm sure you may have heard of that. If you haven't, this being the first time, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But that's what we do when we withhold forgiveness. And then, you know what happens? We get on social media and you know who we see? We see the rat. We see the rat with their new family. We see the rat with their new job. We see the rat with their new car or their new whatever. And we get angry that the rat is living it up and living their life while we are suffering. And the reason why we're suffering is because we've taken the poison and we waited for them to die. We haven't forgiven and we forgive because Jesus Christ has forgiven us. If you want to be good news of great joy for all people, you will choose to forgive quickly. May I suggest a third thing? If you want to be good news of great joy for all people, you will defer habitually meaning that you will allow others to go first, that you will say to others, you first. And the reason why you're doing that is not because you're special, but because of what God has done in you, the special work of God in you. God put you first when he sent Jesus to this earth. And Jesus put you first when he hung on a cross and rose from the grave. Jesus put you first when he invites you to trust him. He doesn't demand it. He doesn't force it. He invites you to trust him. That's good news of great joy for all people. When you defer habitually, you are doing what Jesus has done for you. And the response of people around you will be, a response of amazement because we live in a world where I go first, not you, but you will actually be good news of great joy for all people, for those around you. And may I suggest this fourth thing, and it might be the most difficult thing. May I suggest that you give sacrificially, that you would give because God has given. He gave his first and most important possession, his son, his most precious possession, his son. He gave of his son for you and for me. It all began at Christmas time. And he sent his son as a baby in the most humbling way, as a baby to earth, so that he could grow up and he would die and rise again so that you and I could find freedom and salvation, forgiveness, and tell a better story. I want to invite you to give, to connect what's happening in your heart, the hope that you have in your heart, connect it to your hands and give of your time and your talent and your treasure and not give of one of three or two of three, but give of all three because when you do, that's good news of great joy for all people. Friends, if you wanna live in the good news, you will apologize immediately. You will choose to forgive quickly. You will learn how to live and defer habitually. And you will practice generosity by giving sacrificially. When you hold hope in your heart, it changes your heart, which influences what happens around you and how you love those around you because they are in your heart. So back to our original question. Am I good news? Are you good news? You can be, not because you're living right, but because God has made you right through your trust and your surrender and placing who you are in the hands of the one and only God whose name is Jesus. When you give your life to him, you will find the good news of great joy is for you 
And when you give your life to Jesus, you will find that that good news of great joy is also for every person that's around you because you have never met someone that the good news is not for. So my friend, I hope at this Christmas, in this season of life, you would decide to be good news of great joy for everybody because that's what Jesus has done for you. Let me pray for you. God, at Christmas time, you announce hope. You announce that it's real. You announce that it's here. And you announce that it has a name, and his name is Jesus. And that birth leads to a death. And that death leads to a resurrection. And that resurrection leads to an invitation for me and for those watching and listening that we would follow you that we would step into your kingdom and tell a better story, that we would receive the good news that would give us great joy so that we could pass it along to everybody. And so I pray that we would commit at this Christmas to be exactly what you have created us to be, good news of great joy for all people because of Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray all of these things. And together we say, amen and amen and amen. In a town full of war, be peace. In a town full of doubt, just believe. No, there ain't that much difference between you and me In a town full of war, be peace In a world full of hate, be a lie When you do somebody wrong, make it right Oh, don't hide in the dark, you were born to shine In a place that needs change, make a difference In a town full of noise, just listen Cause life is but a breeze, you gotta live it In a place that needs a change, make a difference In a world full of hate, be alive Do somebody wrong, make it right Somebody wrong, make it right. Don't 
Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you were inspired. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. Hey, I want to ask you to do two things. First thing, hit that subscribe button to stay connected to the Active Churches podcast. The second thing I want to invite you to do is go onto your social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook, and go to Active Churches. Stay connected to the community because together we can tell a better story.